Sarah Takeda. I edited that all, so it sounds like I know what I'm doing. Um, anyway. No, that takes work. You're not doing that. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It depends on how busy <laughs> I am at work. Um, that's, that's the honest fact of it. Sometimes I think it's funny to leave it in, so I just leave it in, and then sometimes I actually do the editing. Um, so, anyway. Uh, yeah, so we have with us the Adam, the Lena, the Todd, the Brian. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi. Todd five. <laughs> And Todd has bat tits up over his shoulder. That is awesome. Okay. So they wouldn't have even noticed. I know. I know. So, okay. So that picture was a gift from my ex. And it is uh, a vintage magazine um, of, uh, what's the name of that artist? The artist is, uh, he did all Argus? the, like, the, yeah. Uh, the Argus. Argus, yes. yeah. Uh, Argus. Uh, he did, like, all those, like, pinup pictures from the 50s or whatever. So this is a picture of... Uh, a woman dressed up, dressed up as Batman, topless, um, with a, a utility belt, and it's and it ha- they all have like little phrases on the side of it. And her says, uh-huh. "How do you like my dynamic duo?" Um, so we decided that we did not want it in our house anymore because um, a I don't. It's an awkward thing to have. Like I can't have my parents over to visit, um, or like I would <laughs> like if I had kids, I wouldn't really want them seeing it. Like it was just one of those weird things. Um, and so we gave it to Todd, but uh, it became uh, known <laughs> around care. our house uh, called Bat Tits, uh, is, is what that picture became known as. So uh, Todd now is the proud displayer of Bat Tits. So I'm thinking of mounting it to the back of that door. That's, that's so a smart whenever, move. Right. So if that door is ever opened, no one's ever going to see it. Yeah. Because the only time it really closes is for this show. Yeah. So fun story with the, it doesn't really involve tits, but it's in the same genre. Uh, I own exactly go. one porno DVD. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Because when I first moved to Utah, that was before, you know, anyone had internet. It was all dial-up still. You're old! Oh, yeah. So we went to Evanston because my buddies wanted to get a keg. So, of course, you go to the porn store and the fireworks store. Mm-hmm. And so I got—I totally forgot I even had it. But uh, we actually, downstairs, uh, we've got a little bookcase with all my movies on it. And we've hidden it in there. So anytime someone new comes over, it's like, go find the porno. And it's not like what you would think a porno name would be. So they'll go and they'll see, like, uh, you know, orgasm. I'm like, oh, it's this one. Like, no, it's a Trey Parker and Matt Stone movie. Uh, but the it, only it, it nudity was, in it is male butt. Like that is the only new and you have like a half second of tits, but uh, and uh, I love that movie, but continue. No, so so it's just there's that we always play find the porno, and of course. The one time when my parents eventually do come visit because they haven't had been up in a while, you know, of course, they're going to go over and pull it right out because that's what yeah. parents do. That's, that's and they'll be like, okay. and they'll be like, oh, I didn't know four people could do that together. So mm. um, <laughs> they're very close, mom. They're, they're they're very close friends. So they are. So my favorite thing is that is in college we had a roommate who was an interesting character, but he had bought one of those uh, fifty DVD changing rack things that was a player in and of itself, and you can manually go through and name everything. Yeah. Uh, this other roommate of ours went through and renamed all the movies porno names yeah of the same movie yeah and he couldn't figure out how to change it yeah so instead of saving private's ryan saving private ryan it was shaving ryan's private and he had just spent hours and hours one week and <laughs> all the guy was gone and he couldn't figure out how to change it back so he has this "Ooh, look at my cool stuff and you pull it up and you're like you're a dirty dirty man which he was but he couldn't hide it and it was it was just hilarious because he's like i'm so smart but i can't figure out this blinking light on the vcr thing it was funny there was so many stories that went along with that individual you could do a whole podcast and what a fucking idiot oh yeah like that could be yeah podcast in the years of nancy yeah it was, yeah <laughs> Uh, my fucking roommate. Anyway, uh, so Mr. Adam, what is, oh, I guess we should discuss what this book is about a little bit. So this book is about, um, a world in which, uh, there are, 
essentially like humans who uh, rely heavily on um, like sorcery and witchcraft and whatnot. And then there are these uh, creature humans called arcanes and there has been mm -hmm. a war behind between them. There is a wall that separates these two and uh, the main character, as we start to uh, read this book, she has gotten herself arrested deliberately so that she can basically break into the human stronghold so that she can steal a piece of uh, a, a mask. And then once she gets out right. with it, uh, everyone comes chasing after her. Um, and it all sort of is set in a steampunky kind of world. And it's uh, both cultures are very uh, matriarchal, um, which uh, is also interesting about this. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's like a steampunky sort of art deco yeah, what, kind of vibe to it. There is. It's very much it's high fantasy. And we'll talk about that more. Yes. Today, yes. But it is yes. very much high fantasy. Yes. So, Mr. Adam, what is your uh, cocktail for this week? Uh, cocktail this week is called The Beast Within. Uh, you're going to take a shaker with no ice in it. You're going to muddle five grapes in it. Then you're going to mm -hmm. add ice and add in one and a half ounces of vodka, a one half ounce simple syrup, the juice of one lime. You shake the shit out of it. You strain into an ice filled glass and then you top with two ounces of tonic. Okay. Uh, cool. Um, Todd, what is your drinking game rule for this week? I've got a couple of them, so I'll just start with this one. Is um, where is my mind? Okay. Is this so? Every time she is uh having a distressful conversation with herself and mm -hmm. the entity, mm -hmm. take a drink. Okay. Yeah, and keep going. We'll see if I need to yep. pull out another one. Uh, Lena, what is yours? The poet. Oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Every time the cats or anyone mentions the poets, and that also includes your little like um, in between Professor Tam Tam, yeah, yes, lessons. Take a drink. Uh, true. Uh, uh, mine, I am call. I had it right on top of my head. What I, I just blanked on it. I know what the rule is. Uh, mine was going to be called uh, the MacGuffin. Every time they uh, talk about the mask or someone mentions the mask, who has the mask? Where is the mask? Uh, I need the mask and or the fragment. Um, yeah, take a drink. Uh, small sips on that one. Probably the same as small sips on the uh, the poets. Um, yeah. And probably small sips on Todd's, uh, you know, where is my mind? So Adam's, I'm willing to suspect, will also be small sips. But Adam, what is your drinking game rule? So I'm glad I came up with the one I did because I was doing the mask one as well. That was uh -huh. going to be my other one. But yeah. uh, mine is called Tis But a Scratch. Every time someone gets a, an appendage or their head cut off or you see a severed thing. Yeah. Small sips. Yeah. The other okay. one I like is it works when it needs to. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay. So, um, does anybody have strong thoughts that they want to start out with? I want to have a strong defense of this book. Uh, okay. You you need so, someone else to do it, or you need you want to provide it yourself? I want to provide why this book is awesome. So let okay. me say one thing, and then I'll yeah. then we'll so, go talk. Then who? If someone wants to say why it's not awesome, go ahead. But yeah, my, my camp is this book is awesome. So we I talked briefly in the last episode at the very end about the fact that I bought this book like when the first trade came out because yeah. everyone yeah. was saying it was so amazing and so perfect and i tried three times mm -hmm. i couldn't i just couldn't i couldn't get into it i didn't care there was just too many people like they all looked the same and that's kind of that's not a valid criticism they all do look very similar mm -hmm. and so i was like you know what fuck it i have to read it this time holy fuck was was i wrong like mm -hmm. i'm with todd this is an outstanding insane book i want to go read more this i've not seen a level of world building in a comics and saga yeah so this is absolutely incredible the artwork is just striking the story's unique i mean it's it's unique to a point you know you've got someone getting revenge and they got a demon inside them but the way they tell it and like the the politics and the like to the matriarchy and uh 
I, I'm, it's like when I said with Peacemaker, like, why wasn't I watching this four weeks ago when I could have been, that's why I'm with this. Like, why didn't I start reading this years ago? So I could be fully caught up because they're on a hiatus right now because the author, she came out and said that she uh, has been going through depression. So she wanted to take a break from comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, why, why haven't I read this whole series? Why did I wait till now? So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'll just go for a second. Um, I'm not going to actually probably change anybody's opinion on it, but I like Todd had read this beforehand. I don't know if Todd, did you like it? The first time you read it my first impression is the art is amazing the story is secondary was my impression one. i agree with that i originally when i read it i felt that way and this reading of it completely changed my mind i think because of a couple things i think that I didn't originally buy this for myself. It was actually a gift uh, from a friend of mine who has since published her own book. It's called The Rehearsals. So uh, go buy that book. It's on like Amazon. It was at like Target and whatever by uh, Annette Christie. But so she gave me this book originally. And it was one of those things where like I had not... I think I was in one of those phases, kind of like I am now, where I was trying to read down my to-be-read pile, and I finally sat down and read it. I think I didn't concentrate enough on it. That, that's the only thing about this book, is I think it takes a certain amount of focus that sometimes you can read other books and your mind can wander a little bit and you can still be yeah, okay. This one does take a certain amount of focus. You kind of have to keep track of it. And so because I was reading it for the show, I was reading it and focusing more on it, and I I will fully admit my initial reactions were completely wrong. Um, I, I actually really like this book. I think it's very interesting, and I also want to read more um but yes it does require a certain amount of focus i am quite curious because it does seem to be a common problem so i want to know lena did you know what the fuck was going on in this book yeah yeah okay (laughs) okay so um i did not have the focus yeah for this book yeah and um in in the middle of reading it fell asleep several times Mm -hmm. um i think the story could be interesting but it just it, it felt like it felt like the first I, book of game of thrones yes and here's the thing yes. i am not a game of thrones person mm-hmm. i've tried very hard i've watched multiple episodes of game of thrones i have really tried and it is just not my jam mm-hmm. i don't understand it i don't give a shit and um, and it's that whole fantasy thing that I realized that I just don't give a shit. And mm-hmm. so because of that, I just didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. I understood that she like the the different players and that like and the map at the bat and the end that showed kind of where everything was. I understood at one point they brought up Constantine and I was like, wait a second, did I miss something? And I was like, no, it's I don't think this is what. They, they, I don't think they're talking about what I think they're talking about, and they mm-hmm. weren't. So, yeah. yay. Um, the art is beautiful, um, gorgeous, mm-hmm. and uh, creepy at the same time. Gave me very much like uh, some scenes gave me uh, an anime kind of feel. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Some of the character and, designs too, like the the little fox, definitely has an anime kind yeah. of vibe. Yes, and, and so and so here's the other thing: I am not an anime person. I am a the most fantasy I get into is like Harry Potter. Like that's mm-hmm. that's about as close to and like Fantastic Beasts and that whole Harry Potter wizarding thing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe vampires, but not like not. How do you do like, for the sci-fi? Yeah, I, yeah, I. I I'm just not about this like 
fantasy kind of realm. It's going to be a rough month for you. Yes, <laughs> it is. Well, you and Jonah Hill, my man. Lena, you can uh, pick April, so we can tougher a lot of oh, that one. <laughs> just going to be four weeks of giant days. Um, I I would not just, complain about that. I, right. <laughs> I just, this was not meant for me. Mm-hmm. And I think if you are a fantasy fan or you get into it at least a little bit more than I do, you probably would really like it. The premise is interesting. Um, but I was very confused as to who was what. It felt like I started in the middle of the story. So mm-hmm. I just didn't understand how everything fit. It moved very slow, uh, at least for me, to the point that I was just like, let me just finish this so we can record. Uh, it was it was rough for me, but yeah. the art is gorgeous. Um, I think the premise of the story is very interesting, but um, the execution on it, I am not the biggest fan of. So. Yeah, and I I can totally see where you come from because I think I was right where you were the first time I read it. I think what has changed in this book is most definitely me. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I think part of the thing was is a I would not say that I was typically a big fantasy fan. Um, I my biggest complaint I always had, uh, with the exception of Harry Potter, because for some reason that one is more okay for me as well. But like I always had a problem with magic in the idea that like I I, I just felt like it was always to do as machina i guess like it just was like okay because of magic it works blah 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 blah. the thing i liked and and i think i might have put that bias on this book partially when the first time i read it as well um and the thing one of the things i do like about this that i don't like in other fantasy is that there is a logic to what powers exist and who has them and kind of why um and that magic system, I think, works a little bit better for me. But that is a problem I do have with fantasy in general. And because I now have started playing a little bit more D&D, I'm starting to try to like explore a little bit more of those worlds as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so I... Uh... But I totally get where you're coming from, though. Like, because it is, you have to focus on it. Um, and like, I just remember going, like, the art is beautiful, and maybe the art was just so good that it was distracting too. Uh, that might have happened to me. The other thing too, though, and I remember struggling to stay awake the first time I read it, and I'm wondering if it's the art has almost this dreamy sort of like sleepy film almost on it. And I wonder if that has something to do with it as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really a great book to like, I was reading it at work last night. So like, you know, that was easy to stay awake and concentrate on. I I don't, I think maybe if I sat in bed reading this, I, I would totally pass out too. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's, it is interesting though. It's, I, I find it interesting that I had such dramatically different reactions to it. Now I want to read it in another 10 years and then see what the hell I think of it or something like that. But yeah. Um, Todd. So. Like Brian, the first time I read it, I'm like, the art's amazing, the story is okay. And then coming back through again is I um reread it again about a week ago, and then I read it again. It is I grew up on fantasy. Is mm-hmm. um, for me, my original real fantasy jam was actually the Earthsea series by Ursula Le Guin. They are amazing. Um, and it's high fantasy. And what's interesting, I've never read Harry Potter, but I've read Earthsea, I've read um Wheel of Time, I've read Game of Thrones, I've read Forgotten Realms, I've read the Belgrad, I've read the I mean, very. I knew about two or three of those, and that's because there were TV shows based on them. (laughs) Right. But I mean, Driz Duarden is great. 
But really with this book of going over it again is the art and the story. The story is a little bit as there seems to be a lot of influences of Princess Mononoke going mm-hmm. on in this. And there's a lot of feelings of that um, is it is high fantasy. And one of the hallmarks of high fantasy is it comes with a map. So <laughs> <your> book... <laughs> Which is my only saving grace, honestly, yeah. when I was but looking it... at the map and I was like, okay, I kind of get what, what, what's going on. What's going on. Right. I mean, and looking at this issue one was originally 64 pages and it's um, this does massive world building and it's a heavy lift. I mean, in the original uh, Lord of the Rings, it's like a hundred and so pages before they even leave leave the Hobbit, Hobbiton, Hobbitville, Shire, Shire. And so you've got this story here, and so and it bounces all over on time. It goes, here's something happens, and it's a month ago, then two weeks ago, and then right now, and then it's a month ago again, and then it's years ago, and then it's coming back and forth. And so what they're trying to do is the author is feeding you bits of relative relevant information when needed. The it almost needs in some ways, and I'm gonna do it is this needs the same amount of focus as Watchmen. Okay. Because a lot of people going, Oh, read Watch Watchmen's a great book. Go read that one. And people that haven't read comics before, it's like, oh, should I go read Watchmen? And I'm like, read what you want. Yeah. But Watchmen's not a great first comic to read. No. It's a great comic. I love it. It's amazing. It's not a great first comic. It's like, oh, reading's good. What should I go read? And you're like, oh, go read Twelfth Night. You just learned English. That's yeah. fun. And you're like, Twelfth Night's great, but it's a lot. And if you don't have the right background, you're like, why do I even care? And that can be a lot of the challenge with the Watchmen. But here is similarly there. It's this epic high fantasy story of a personal, and it's but it's doing a personal story really well. I also see elements of like his dark materials sitting in here, uh, stalking the steampunk side of things. Did you guys watch Carnival Row on Amazon Prime? I've seen uh, like half of it. I want to say because Clark got way into no, it. I enjoyed it. It's got some of that here. Is it's the world is absolutely enchanting if you allow it to suck you in and you have the focus, but it's really easy to stay out of it. You've got to have to dive in and just get completely in it. And then you're like, this is absolutely amazing. Being a cursory read or a cursory overview, you're like, man, that looks pretty, but what more is there? And this is just fantastic. I mean, absolutely love it. I think what we might have established, oh, you bought the whole big omnibus. This is the first, this is 18 issues. Oh, shit. That is just 18 issues. Um, There's 30, 36, I think it's 30 published or 36 now. Yeah, there's like six trades. Uh, Yeah, there's six trades and I think each is six issues. Yeah, right. Oh, no, no, there's five. No, no, wait. Yeah, there's six. Never mind. Right, so that's just the first three trades uh-huh. in that book right there. But no, it's um, it's amazing. It's, you've got this person who, trying to figure out what's going on, who she is, and she, very tragic backstory, and yet moving forward and people telling her not to. And it, there's just a lot of dread. It's this dystopian post-apocalyptic in a way, because right? we're talking about Constantinople, and it's like a nuclear magic bomb went off, and everyone's not. She's like, do they have another one of these? I don't know if they have another one. If they figure out we don't have another one of these, we're toast. And it's, I just find it absolutely fascinating and gorgeous. And you're looking at this and it's, it's great. I I think what we probably have established here is that the biggest weakness of this book is it doesn't, it's not written in a way that automatically invites the reader in that you have the reader has to make be willing to do it, which, I mean, there yeah. is something to be said about readers who are talented enough to suck you in. I mean, we talk about giant days. Those characters are fucking endearing as hell right off the bat. Yes. 
So, um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I understand, and I think fantasy might be a genre that just does this more, where they expect the reader to meet them halfway. And that might be maybe a fault of the genre and why I haven't necessarily appreciated it in the past. And uh, maybe knowing that, um, I'm going to do some experimenting and see if there's things that I didn't initially like that I like more, um, you know, a second time around. But uh, but I think that that would probably be the one major weakness in this book. Um, Sure. What this book also does well is it's got plenty of humor and lightheartedness. Yes. Like, yeah, it's taking it from anime as there's plenty of anime shows I like to watch. And the episode is very heavy, but they'll even have commercial breaks, little tidbits yeah. that are funny and goofy as hell. Yeah. And you can tell it's related to the show, but like this is so tonally different yeah. from the show itself. And yet it absolutely fits in. And yeah. what it's doing is it's a bit of exposition dumps told yeah. in a humorous way. Yeah. And you're not having characters do the exposition dump. It's more of a, it seems to be a much less... Um, I'm just trying to think. Is it, 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 I like how they're getting the exposition dumps out because they're again, it's all this world building they're trying yeah. to get through with very limited words available. Yeah, I mean, I also think um, uh, you have that uh, that I think is amusing. The fact that you have like this cat um, teaching you is yeah. kind of amusing, and that it's Professor Tam Tam. Like, I do kind of love the name of the character and whatnot. And they're making chocolate covered mice. Yes, that was a weird one that I noticed. Um, you do I see that? <laughs> I think it's like no, the I last it. one. It's fucking disturbing. Well, the disturbing <laughs> part is the chocolate covered mice have like black eyes over them. Like like yeah. the black crosses, like you can tell that they're oh. dead from there, which I think is very amusing. And then the one little, the two baby cats are enjoying theirs. And the one little baby cat that's like, wait, where's mine? Uh, yeah, they're, it's a, uh, Slightly disturbing. Actually, more than slightly disturbing. It's just it's it's disturbing. Uh, but, but I know, but still, yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, but, but the yeah. tails weren't dipped in chocolate. That was the other thing. That well, you have to, it's it's like a it's you like a corn dog. You can hold on to yeah. and get your hands dirty. It's just gross. <laughs> Okay, anyway. <laughs> anyway. And the fact that they're all the cats... Here's the other problem I have. is that th- This is something I've also noticed when it comes to fantasy shit. They're like, well, it's like... You know, it's, it, I always come back to this one thing. And if you guys ever want to look it up, it's the Dawson brothers did a thing on Harry Potter and it's called, I would have liked to have been in that meeting. It's on YouTube and they talk about the whole premise of Harry Potter. And he goes, well, it just sounds like she took all the, the things in a regular story and just put magic in front of it. Mm-hmm. And he was yes. like, magic, she hasn't. And like, <laughs> that's how I feel about fantasy stuff. The cats all look right, except they all have more than one tail uh-huh. and they all can talk yeah right yeah i just and then the little kid that looks like a fox with a th- the ears and the tail Who, and i I'm hated like, the first just, time i read it and i really liked her the second time around he looks like i'm sorry she looks like one of those weird people you always see at like the anime cons and every and i know if you love anime i love you like go be do you, <laughs> like do you. but i worked at suncoast motion picture when i was in college and um <laughs> It's just the people that, like, the stereotypical people that liked anime that would come in and buy tons and tons and tons of those DVDs, including the ones that came in to buy hentai, which, Todd, please do not raise your hand for that one. I don't <laughs> know. Does Wicked City count? I... <laughs> 
Is that the one yes. with the penis monster? No, that's the one with the, the giant vagina spider. The, yeah, spider vagina monster thing. Right, with teeth and clamping. It was <laughs> real. No, Which it is... just, it, it just, I wasn't a fan. It's just not my bag. So I, sure. like, it just, it was a little much. And now you've got, I just, it, and I, and Todd, it was funny that you talk about the whole, or no, it wasn't Todd, it was Brian that brought up the whole, you know, magic with the, you know, well, if it's just magic. And, and all I kept thinking was when you said that was the same YouTube video where they were talking about Harry having glasses. And he goes, if he's so good at magic, why doesn't he just magic his eyes better? <laughs> and he was like, magic well, we LASIK. Can't. We've, already, we've already done the drawings. Yeah. And it's just like a stick figure with the big glasses yeah. on. And then at the <laughs> end, he's like, okay, but here's my other question. If he's so good at magic, why can't he just magic himself to be better at magic? <laughs> he said the other guy's like, well, I, I, uh, <laughs> just kind of runs away. And it's like, yes, like you're right. Like there is that magic piece. I didn't get that from this book. I didn't, I don't get that from a lot. I mean, I think that when you watch anything that's fantasy or magic based or sci fi, you have, there has to be a level of disbelief as to why they are, think things are the way they are. But, yeah. This just was too slow for me. And I just, I, and I didn't know who anybody was, so I didn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. So it was like people getting killed and burned and then them coming back with the purple ilium shit. I think that's what mm -hmm. it was called. Yeah. And, um, and then the girl with white hair was like making out with the burned one that came back. And then I think the next scene was her with her brother. I mean, am I, see, this is what I was like, I have no idea what's happening and this again if you're playing the funny books and fire water drinking <laughs> game you will probably be drunk after listening to this episode because yeah. i honest to god have no idea what the fuck i was reading today and i'm going to have a rough rough march so <laughs> thanks for i mean that. you could have vetoed it when we were like pop popping ideas out i know but i was like i like harry potter i can do wizard shit and this was not that I not that at all. And so now I'm looking at the other things going, well, fuck. I'm <laughs> going to sleep really well this month, if anything. I, and and I, I'm sure there are people listening to this going, what a bitch. And you know what? You're right. I, I, I apologize. If this is your bag, like more power to you. Not, not mine. And I'm, I'm, you can just skip through all of my talking during these episodes. <laughs> I apologize, but this, yeah, I'm. Um, I have a feeling all of my grades for this month are going to be um, mediocre. I mean, you've been much more entertaining than I've been this episode, so I've, <laughs> I've enjoyed listening to you. It's true. Like <laughs> to be honest with you, good. when we complain about a book, it's far more entertaining than when we love well, it. Like, like last week, we way, spent forty minutes talking about Dawson's Creek and like ten minutes about the book. Yeah, I mean, I'll you can tell when we all just like the book, Creek. we talk about something different. Technically, yeah. you know, Brian, we should just start a Dawson's Creek podcast. I've thought about it. I've 100% you know, thought about it. The other one I thought about recently is I thought we should do a podcast called like Not the Target Demographic um, and we sure. should like watch something that was not intended for us or read something that was definitely not intended for us and just CW. like look at it. Yeah. Something, you know, I mean, whatever. Like, 
we sit Todd down and we make him watch, you know, strawberry shortcake or something. And, uh, you know, you know, the punky Brewster Anything cartoon by series Nick inspired from Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever. Just shit that we are not the target demographic for. And, uh, and then look at that's, that, that's my new theory of a, a good podcast. We should do at some point. That you know, that's not a bad one. Cause in yeah. reality, there's a lot of shit, Brian, that you've made me watch in the past. That <laughs> true. I'm not the target <laughs> like, demographic. Um, yeah. the main one being they, the, the show can be shit we make Brian watch. <laughs> Except, you know what? what's funny is I made Brian watch Dawson's Creek, mm-hmm. and I just knew which episode to pick. To hook yeah. him on? And I got him hooked. Yeah. Because I started with the Halloween episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got him. Yeah. Sure. So you that's- just got to know your audience and know yeah. if it's a show, you got to know which episode to go for to get them hooked. Right. And then usually you could get them. But if you yeah. just with say the- start from the beginning, it's not always the best way to go. It's no. not always the best way. My Probably one of my favorite moments here from Monstrous, though, is the uh, main character as she breaks out and everyone gets free from the jail. And she's like, you better get out of here. And the fox followed her. I was like, why'd you follow me? And she's like, I saw what you did there. Figure it's better, safer with you than going with them. Yeah. And I'm like, not bad logic. She has a really good, like, she has a point. She does have a point. The part I liked was the, uh, I don't know what the fuck she was. The one that was going after her. The Inquisitor? The, the Inquisitor? Yes. Or, no, 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 no. The, the Inquisitor's the main boss. boss. Okay. Oh, the, she the, took the, the mask the, off and she yeah. had the three eyes and I was like, okay. It was the it was the Holy Mother or, or something like that, right? Yeah, I forget uh, yeah. what the fuck they yeah. called, what they dubbed her or whatever. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. And then that they, she was slowly gouging out each of the three eyes and I was like, I like it. I appreciate that part. That's but, pretty much- and this whole concept where you have these ghosts or old gods that some can see, but they cannot interact with. Yeah. And it's just there. That is such a creepy, creepy aura thing going around. And you're like, what would it be like to have some sort of, um, you know, Lovecraftian monster just kind of chilling in the background, having the same kind of impact of the moon of like, oh, it's there. Can't do anything about it. But there it is. And you're like, this is bizarre. But I loved it. Yeah. I also think it's sort of um, interesting too where like there is a certain amount of necromancy but it takes a stronger person to be able to make it last longer than someone else so it's like they can bring the 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 mother back to life but if it's done by a lesser priestess or uh which yeah. will only be like for like an hour or like a couple minutes so you can just ask her a couple questions like how the fuck did you die but you know if the i don't know the the queen mother or whatever the the, the head nun i don't remember what they call her I'm, i i tried well, to look it, it up it's but... like a creepy pushing daisies yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well it's it, didn't they say in there that the the humans don't have magic powers they've got like telekinesis and they've yeah. got like mental powers but then wasn't the mother superior like one of the other old gods yeah she was basically right. she was hiding yeah. As a human, and that's yeah. when she yeah. takes off her mask. That's what you realize is going on. Is she's hiding as a human? Um, I, I think you made a really good point earlier, Todd, when you said that you have to know what you're getting into for this. Because I think that's why it took me so long to actually, first of all, read the whole damn thing. Was because I wasn't expecting what I was getting. It was a lot deeper and a lot more nuanced than what I thought I was getting right. into. And you, you really got to be in a mood for that sometimes. Like I love Watchmen to death. I think it's one of the greatest things ever written. But I can't just sit down and be like, oh, I'm going to read the first trade of Watchmen today because you know I want to read something light. No, you mm-hmm. really got to be in the mood for something like that. Uh, yeah, another one we did that had amazing world building, which Lanny used to read, is um, The Wicked and Divine. But that mm-hmm. was one that got you from the first page. Like mm-hmm. the first two pages, you're like, oh my God, this is so cool. 
So I don't know so much that it's a detriment to this book because it's not the time of book it's trying to be. Honestly, a really, really good analogy was Game of Thrones. Cause like, you know, if, if, if you like that kind of thing, you're probably going to like this, but that first, the first trader, the first, you know, the first book issue, I'd say really is like, what the fuck's going on? Like Elena, you weren't alone when you, when you mm-hmm. were thinking about that because right. so much is going at you. And there's a, another book I'm reading or a series by Brandon Sanderson. Um, it's the way Steel of the Kings. Heart. No, it's oh. Steelheart's good though. Um, it's like I'm a red way of Kings way of Kings. It, that's like, I think the first one, but it's like the Oathbreaker series, whatever. It's basically his Lord of the Rings. Like it's right. intense world building. Each book is a thousand pages long, but you spend the first 400 pages and it's bouncing between characters, creating this foundation. And I'll, I'll tell you, it took me a couple times to get through it too. I'm only on the second book. Uh, Cause it's one of the like ones where you really radiance? can't, um, I'll find out. It, it's not a part of the you, Cosmere with Sanderson yeah. is all of his books, even the ones that aren't connected are part of the Cosmere and connected in another way. Yeah. I know he's, they're so. all part of the, the same. Oh, the Stormlight Archives. That's what Stormlight series. Yeah. The Way of the King is the first one. And so it's not one that you're going to sit there and you're just going to like, oh, I'm going to just tear through this book, even though you can decently read chunks at a time, but you really kind of miss out on things if you're just speeding through it. And so I kind of felt like that's where this one was, was that, yes, you have to have that attention. You've got to kind of read between Mm -hmm. the lines, see what's actually being said. And that's not a book everyone's in the mood for at the time. And it's not a book that's for everyone. But I think if you, if you do like the prerequisite books that we've mentioned or the other stories, this one going in with the right attitude is going to scratch an itch. And all of a sudden you're just like, I need to know more about this, this new world. Like I said, Saga did it really well. But Saga also grabs the beginning, doesn't let go. Um, this one is just much Saga more of a. Great. This is just more of a slow burn. So it is a slow burn. I would say another series that the first time I tried it and such, not in the headspace for it, was DMZ. Yeah, and I tried it again later. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. The first time I read, it, I was like, not my bag. I'm not in the right state of mind for this. But later on, it was amazing. Yeah, uh, I had the same thing with 100 Bullets. Um, sure. Yeah, it, it's happened to me a few times actually. Now that I think about it. Um, the nice thing about the show is sometimes it forces me to revisit things. Um, and you go like, oh, that was way better, or not nearly as good that's, as I thought it was. That's happened to me a few times as well. Um, okay, well, we're going to go into grades, and then um, we're going to promise Lena that we're going to pick something for April that she's more likely to like. Um, so, uh, Lena, what is your grade? Uh, see, really, the only thing that brings it up for me is the the art. The art mm-hmm. is beautiful, like absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Todd? It's the Fonz, man. Hey! Okay. Uh, Mr. Adam? Uh, <clears throat> as well, and for me, the only thing that's keeping it from that next level up is what Wicked and Divine did so well, where it was able to build that world and get you hooked from page one. So. Yeah. I think for the right kind of person, this is an A plus, but for someone who's listened to this and be like, I'm going to go check it out, knowing this in advance, you'll, and you like it, it's an A. So Yeah. Uh, I'm going with an A minus just to sort of separate it out. I think part of it is, um, yes, it, it doesn't necessarily pull the reader in initially. I also tend to sort of judge things based on like, if you're like, I'm reading through and I look at like how many pages are left in this issue, then I kind of have to mark something down. Like, and that first one, I know part of it is just because I'm so used to reading comics and it's like, there's a natural breaking point at this point and the first issue is like a double issue that sort of caused a little bit of that but like because i did that a couple times of like okay wait how far in this am i um i'm just gonna knock it down just a little bit for that um next week we are reading a book called autumn lands which has been recommended to me by my comic shop and i know nothing about um does anybody know anything about this book it's written by kirk busick who oh. we did superman secret identity with okay so same right i mean kirk's written everything over the is, years is that There's... did he do astro city or am i thinking of someone else 
same guy. Okay, that's what I thought. And he wrote Marvels. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. So Kirk's done everything. It's um, yeah, I'll, I'll do it there, but it is very much a uh, sword and sandal kind of a deal. Okay. Cool. Um, then I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, thank you all for joining us, and we will see you all later. Bye. 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 See, it's always interesting who ends first, who ends, like, I, I mean, it's just interesting. Well, see, Brian, what you don't realize is, is that we always, we have an own group text, and before we meet, we yeah. all decide who's going yeah. first, middle, and last. Yeah, and who's well, taking one. No, to fuck and, with you. Yeah, I figured as much.